Hi, this is Dr. David Wright, otherwise known as Dr. David, and um, I'd like to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast, and um, I'm glad to have you again, and I hope that you've had a chance to check out some of the other podcasts. Um, there are five other episodes, and this is episode number six, and um, anyway, I've gotten a lot of good feedback uh, if you would, please, after you listen to the podcast, if you've enjoyed it, if you've learned something new, um, if there's something that sparked uh, after you listen to it, please subscribe to it. Please share it with others. Please give it a positive five-star rating. It makes a big difference. Um, as you may or may not know, a lot of platforms online like Facebook and, you know, for instance, uh, Apple in Amazon, they use these rating systems to decide what content comes up and what doesn't. And to my knowledge, even though I'm not an expert on this, with the Apple podcast system, how it comes, how a podcast comes up on Apple iTunes or on uh, the podcast app, or if it even comes up at all, depends on the number of ratings it has. So, and I think a lot of, a lot of social media and entertainment um, platforms use those kind of algorithms to decide what comes up. Um, and you know, in my case, this is an independent podcast. It's not a professional production. I don't have millions of dollars at my disposal, uh, to, you know, get the vote out and get the, get things out. Uh, I post about, uh, this podcast because I'm passionate about it. And I post about it to, you know, my clients and on Facebook and in, on LinkedIn and Instagram and things like that. But, you know, it's all based off the free time that I have. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of their time is, is de dedicated specifically just to their podcast. With me, um, it's kind of like the time that I have after I've been seeing clients and things like that. So if you would, please, if you enjoy my podcast, please rate it. Please give it a five-star rating. Uh, if you feel that way, hopefully you do, um, and please share it with others and subscribe, um, because it makes a big difference on whether other people can actually see the podcast and access it. Uh, and I know, you know, on several of my dev devices, uh, depending on whether it's Apple or Mac and depending on the app that I use or which version of iTunes or which version of the operating system, my podcast doesn't even show up on, on some platform. So please do that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd like to remind everyone that the holidays are coming up and, um, you know, and actually that's the, uh, the focus and the title of this podcast. So this podcast is all about holiday habits, holiday habits and rituals. Um, and they make a big difference because, um, whether you realize it or not, you spend a high percentage of your money every year during the holidays and, a high percentage of your calories. So food and money are really, really, really specific in terms of the holidays. So that's why I'm doing this podcast. And it's also a topic that I bring up in my books. So my two self-improvement books talk about that. Uh, in fact, there's a chapter, I believe, at least in um, uh, Tomato Bisque for the Brain, my second self-improvement book on holiday habits and rituals. I believe there's also a chapter in my uh, my book, The Nutrient Diet, uh, about holiday habits and rituals. And I think it's more focused on 
holiday eating, but it, it also talks about other things too, but it's focused most on um, your calorie intake and your weight gain during the holidays and how to change some habits so that you're not negatively impacted uh, and, you know, you don't gain a lot of weight over the holidays. Um, but, you know, be sure to check out my self-improvement books, uh, Sweet Potato Pie for the Spirit, Soul, and Psyche, a tribute to Oprah Winfrey and Super Soul Sundays. That's on Amazon. And then also my second self-improvement book, Tomato Bits for the Brain, um, which is also on Amazon. And then my first and only health, wellness, diet, nutrition, and weight loss book, The Nutrient Diet, uh, which is the first book of its kind to present you with 50% content on metabolism, biochemistry, um, and, um, you know, just the science of the things that you eat and how to change those things. And then 50% the psychology of why you make the eating and dietary choices that you do and how to change it. So um, be sure to check those out. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with today. Um, today's topic, this is probably going to be a shorter podcast just because um, I have covered this topic, topic, I believe, in at least two of my books. Um, but I just kind of want to introduce it. Um, you know, in terms of our habits and our rituals and the things that we repeat over and over and the things that we um, practice on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, those things, to a large extent, um, directly influence the results that we get in life and um, how we perform and all those types of things. So whatever you repeat is going to be a part of who you are eventually. And, you know, it's kind of like a lever, uh, a volume lever or dial, um, you know, on a radio or like equalizers. They're things that you can do to repeat a behavior or a habit or a ritual less and less. And so it becomes less of a part of who you are, even though it's still buried deep there. The neural network is still there. Or you can repeat it more and more. And when you repeat it more and more, then that neural network, that system that you've created, is more likely to be reused over and over again just because of how easy it is. So the more you repeat something over and over again, the easier it is to do it in the future, generally speaking. And... The less frequently you do things, the more likely it is to die off. And we see that happening all the time with friendships, with relationships, with, you know, daily habits, work habits, um, morning rituals, evening rituals, all those types of things. And, and it plays out, um, you know, it also shows up in terms of the things that we tend to enjoy and the things that we do like listening to music and watching movies and watching television shows and things like that. And, um, you know, specifically in terms of um, life since the pandemic, life since uh, 2019, 2020, 21, and even now, a lot of people's habits have changed um, just because of the lockdowns and just because they got into a different ritual or habit system and it's more comfortable for them now, and they're used to it, and they're probably not likely to change unless something else happens. And um, a lot of what determines that or has determined that is demographics, uh, how old they are, or how young they are, and how active they are, and things like that. So you can see that, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, you know, I used to go to the, and I can certainly say this about myself, you know, 
people say things like, well, you know, I used to go to the club every Friday night, uh, you know, with a group of friends or, you know, with my running buddies. And since COVID, I don't do it anymore because uh, because of the lockdowns. I got in the habit of, you know, watching this on Friday night and doing this and just entertaining at home or having drinks at home and things like that. And I just haven't gone back to it. I, I think that's true for me. And people say that about Saturday night and other things, too. Uh, in terms of people's entertainment habits, it's changed a lot. In terms of people, you know, using and subscribing to platforms like Netflix and Hulu uh, and Disney Plus and things like that and kind of getting tapped into that network. I could use a different word instead of tapped, but, you know, people getting used to, as part of their habit system, taking in that kind of content. And that type of content specifically... Oh, and generally speaking, they use algorithms that kind of keep you into that. Um, and, and that's kind of how all those most of those platforms work. As soon as you express and show interest in a couple of things, then they suggest things that you're more likely to gravitate towards. And then next thing you know, you know, your diet consists of the things that they recommend over and over. Um, and, you know, people tend to, to get drawn into those things. Um, and... You know, Netflix operates that way. Apple iTunes kind of works that way. A lot of those platforms work that way, and they tend to feed you more content associated with what you like and what you gravitate towards. And I guess I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, that certainly pr uh, platforms like Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok, although I don't really use TikTok. I don't even think I'm on TikTok. But, you know, those types of social media platforms are very, very, very good at those types of things. So that's just something to keep in mind. So today I want to talk about specifically more about eating habits, dietary habits, um, and money habits. So in concert with what I just said, I'm going to introduce something new, something that you probably thought about, but here's this. In terms of what you do and what you don't do during the holidays, in terms of how you eat, how you socialize, how much money you spend, all those types of things, all of those things are going to be repeated based on where you are today and what you did last year and the year before and the year before that in general. And in order to change it, you've got to plan it ahead of time, right? The same thing is true, and I'll probably do a podcast on this, on just kind of New Year's resolutions and what works, what doesn't work. Uh, that's something that's also covered in my self-improvement books, but I'll certainly do a podcast on it because it makes a big difference. A lot of people do have New Year's resolutions. Um, I know when I think about New Year's resolutions, one of the first things I think about is the movie Waiting to Exhale, and kind of, you know, that's kind of starts on a New Year's, and then it kind of ends on a New Year's, um, and, you know, you can probably remember what each character had to say about uh, New Year's, and what their thoughts on New Year's resolutions, and that kind of thing. Um, I specifically remember Whitney, Whitney Houston's comment, uh, I think she said something to the effect of, um, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. They're stupid. I think that's something that she said. It was, it was pretty funny. But, you know, a lot of people have different beliefs about New Year's. Um, and a lot of people, regardless of those beliefs, do plan on changing something the next year. 
So that's the one thing that we all have in common. Most of us find something, something that we feel like we're deficient in or something we could do better or something that has negatively impacted or influenced our ability uh, to grow and to be positive and successful and healthy and happy and all those things that we'd like to change in the future. And that's a good thing. That's aspirational. Uh, and hopefully you are motivated to change something about yourself in a positive way or improve upon something or grow in a certain direction in 2023. Um, and I'll certainly be doing an episode, a podcast episode to, to help you to do that uh, and to give you kind of some, some rules and some, some guidelines and just some, some concepts uh, in terms of what's going to work for you. But generally speaking, the same concept is true um, of New Year's resolutions that's true of the holidays, right? So there's the period before the holidays, uh, they're the holidays themselves, and then there's the period after. The period after is the New Year's time, right? Where we're kind of starting anew uh, and also kind of resigning from the previous year. Um, so even though, you know, New Year's happens, most people are kind of still tapped into 2022, for a couple of months at least until into 2023. So most people don't really, really get into the groove of 2023 until about February or March, even later for some people. Sometimes it's not until the middle uh, of the year. Um, and before that, obviously, there's the holiday season, which I would kind of put between uh, October until December, January. And then there's a period before that. Generally speaking, in terms of the habits that you have during the holiday season, right? From in the fall and holiday season, September slash October, November, December, and January. Those habits are going to be automatic unless you make a choice and change some things ahead of time, right? So if you want to make changes to what you're going to do in terms of your spending, your socializing, your habits, your eating, all of those things from October, November, December into January, you need to start in August or September, right? So obviously we're, we're past October, uh, we're past September right now, but it's still not too late to do that um, because the holidays are just starting to kick in gear. We've got you know Thanksgiving coming up um, about a month from now and you know Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa, and Christmas, and yeah, I'm sure I'm missing some holidays, but all of those things. Uh, and then you've got everybody's New Year's, different New Year's, um, even though, um, you know, um, the Jewish New Year uh, has already passed. But, um, but generally speaking, if you want to change some of those habits, you need to start early, right? But it's still not too late. Uh, so there's still things that you can do. Um, and I'll specifically be talking about some of the things that you can do right now. Yep. So here's the thing. If you want to maintain your weight during the holidays, you need to start making small changes right now. Right now. In terms of what you eat on a daily basis, especially Monday through Friday. Now, I express that in the Nutrient Diet and I talk about that. And it's kind of the recipe that I use. I try to keep my calories and things in check Monday through Friday and then I allow myself to splurge a little bit on Friday, Saturday, and then I kind of use Sunday as kind of an in-between day. 
every once in a while I'll cheat during the week, depending if there's a you know dinner with friends or something like that. But I'm pretty religious about it. And if you follow me, uh, if you follow me on Facebook, if you follow the Fresh Start with Dr. David Facebook group, um, then you'll see all the things that I cook. You know, baked fish, uh, sautéed or baked or steamed vegetables. Um, I love zucchini and squash. That's been a a big thing lately. I've been doing that. Uh, when I do saute things, I use a light layer uh, of spray, anti, you know, non-stick spray, and or I'll use uh, coconut oil, um, which is one of the healthier oils, as you may or may not know. Um, and, you know, that brings me to, uh, you know, another tidbit. If you're using, a lot of people believe that olive oil is really healthy, um, but it is not that healthy. It really isn't. If you want to use olive oil a little bit for things here and there, that's fine. But generally speaking, you need to check out my book and look out the healthier oils that you can use, including coconut oil. And one of the ways that you can kind of get a sense of that is, is by the temperature at which the oil cooks. And so what you'll notice is like, for instance, um, when I'm sauteing things on my stove, Generally speaking, it'll cook at a moderate temperature when I use a light layer of olive oil or grapeseed oil. Those are the two types of fattier oils that I'll use when I do use those things. Grapeseed oil uh, first, and then maybe olive oil. And they both have a slightly different taste. But if you cook with coconut oil, one of the things that you'll notice is that your food will cook at a higher temperature even though you've got it on the same setting. So if you cook... If you, use, if you cook olive oil or grapeseed oil at level 5, like 50% power on your stove, versus coconut oil, you'll notice that the, the food cooks a lot faster with the coconut oil. And that's just that tells you a little bit about the oil itself, the density of the oil. Um, and that gives you some insights about what's probably a little bit healthier and what's uh, not so healthy. And so you'll, you'll notice the difference in the thickness of the oil or the thinness, uh, depending on which one, when you cook it, right? Um, but that's one of the things that you want to keep in mind. But in terms of your health habits right now, what you want to start doing is lowering your calories right now, Monday through Friday, right? Even if it's by just 10% or 5%, it's going to make a difference. And that habit will allow you to still enjoy holiday events parties, celebrations, where you don't have to monitor every calorie, right? So by monitoring your calories now, and you might want to look at it as an example of a, a bear, you know, um, you know, saving up fat calories for the holidays while hibernates or whatever during the wintertime, or a squirrel, um, you know, saving up uh, acorns or whatever it is, but you know, whatever analogy works for you, but just think about that. What you're doing, uh, is building up kind of a bank of calories that you can use throughout the holidays. So you can still enjoy the holidays like everybody else, uh, by paying it forward right now. So, you know, do that. Um, eat one less, eat out one less time or eat slightly less. That's the best way actually, because when you eat slightly less, what will happen is your your gut will start to shrink and you'll get fuller easier. So you can consume less 
amounts or quantities of food and still feel full, which is good. Um, you know, there are a certain uh, percentage of people who probably don't get enough calories or get the exact number of calories that they need for the day. But most people overindulge in calories. So most people eat, take in way more calories than they need to, especially during the holidays. So if you start paying it forward now, reducing your, your caloric intake on a weekly or daily basis, then it's going to make a big difference and it's going to allow you to splurge so many different times um, during the holidays. So that's one thing you want to think about. Um, and um, the same thing, the same principle or concept is true for spending money. Um, you know that during the holidays, depending on what holiday you celebrate or your faith and, and another, a number of other factors, um, that you're going to spend more money during the holidays. You're going to spend more money for celebrations, eating out, things like that with family, friends, relatives, uh, co-workers, whatever. Um, and you're going to probably or you may spend money on gifts. So instead of making the money you spend during the holidays something extra, start spending less now. And that way, that less that you spend now will cover what you're going to spend through the holidays. So it's just kind of a, a, a proactive, preventative, kind of intelligent way of conserving calories or money that you're going to use later on. Um, you know, you can use the same principle for your car, right? So then we do. And insurance kind of works the same way, right? You pay a steady amount every month for insurance, whether it's, you know, not necessarily car insurance. I'll use health insurance as, as a better example. But you use a certain amount of money every month to pay towards either um, a health insurance policy or, for instance, life insurance. So you can use it later on. Um, in, the, in the case of, of car insurance, you know, you have to have car insurance. But health insurance, you don't. But it covers you and prevents you from being financially responsible for a lot of things that, that could happen, Right depending on um, what kind of health insurance policy you have. And I'll be doing a future episode about uh, health savings accounts and, and flexible healthcare spending accounts, which are a great option if you don't have a lot of chronic medical conditions, you don't have a lot of specialists and providers, and you don't have a ton of prescriptions. So I'll be doing an episode about that specifically, hopefully soon next week, since it is open enrollment time. And this is the best time to check with your benefits department or with your HR department about getting an FSA or an HSA, which you, you can you know use it a lot of different places. And you can use for the, the health services that you actually use and not have the money that you pay in the insurance pay for everyone else's care or go into the healthcare insurance company's coffers, right? Just their profit. But anyway, you wanna you know operate within the principle of saving up now. You could do the same thing, for instance, if you plan on buying another car. So if you know you're going to need another car in two years, then one of the best things that you could do is start creating an account. Create an account at your credit union or at your bank and start putting a certain amount of money into that account every single month towards your car, um, towards the car that you want to get, right? That could be your down payment money. It could be money that you could use towards your new payment. Uh, if you don't have a payment right now, um, your car's paid off, paid off or whatever, right? And so that's what you do. If you if you 
if you know that you're going to need something or do something in the future, the best thing that you can do is plan out, strategize, and act based off what you're going to need or do in the future ahead of time, right? And the further ahead of time you do that, the better sets of results and outcomes you're going to get, right? Financially and otherwise. Uh, and people use that principle for retirement and for mutual funds and ETFs and for stocks and for, you know, education. There's a reason why people are willing to invest in their education and their training, whether it's, uh, you know, training for a specific skill or, you know, training in pre uh, education in preparation for graduate school or something like that. Um, either way, you're investing in and spending money towards and energy towards a specific endeavor or institution because you believe that your investment is going to pay off later. And the same thing is true for, you know, eating and for spending during the holidays, um, you know, and it, it'll make a big difference, right? So if you know you're going to spend $500 or $1,000 during the holiday season, then start subtracting out $100 a month, 11 months before, and you, you're not going to go over your budget or spend extra money. And over a 10 year period, then you've got an extra 10 grand that you didn't spend that you can use towards a car or uh, home improvements or uh, emergency fund or anything that, that you'll need the money for or life insurance or whatever. So it's just a general principle. Start making steps now for the future that you want, whether it's your calories, uh, your weight, um, things like that. One of the things uh, that's presented in the nutrient diet is this, and this is the reason why the book actually starts out with this chapter is you can use your water habits to make a big difference in your calorie consumption. And so one of the things that makes it easier and is healthy for you, generally speaking, is in order to eat fewer calories and still feel satiated and full and satisfied, use water. Um, and that's what I try to do and come up with a water ritual. And so even if you don't enjoy drinking water, you know, there are things that you can do, which are introduced in my book, that make it easier. You know, you can try adding lemon or honey to your water, uh, which supposedly, according to some cultures, uh, helps stimulate um, um, the, the, um, the neurological system and the immune system, um, depending on where you look. So you can add lemon to your water. You can add lime to your water. You can add honey. Another thing that you can do, too, to kind of, do that and reduce calories which is something that's also in my book is this if you enjoy drinking now number one i don't necessarily recommend that people drink soft drinks if you do drink soft drinks then you know uh, do some research about them and do what you can to limit your exposure to soft drinks um, they're really not good for you um, and even the ones with sugar substitutes a lot of those sugar substitutes like aspartame um, and, uh, other things are not really good for you. But in terms of like, for instance, if you're, if you have a, a morning glass of juice every morning, people don't realize how many calories are in orange juice, depending on what kind you get or whatever, you might have a cup of orange juice and it's 200, 250 calories. I mean, it's really, really high. But one of the things that you could do to reduce the calories is dilute your orange juice with one third water. 
So drink the same amount, but take out a third or a fourth or a fifth of the orange juice and replace it with water. It's not going to taste that differently, and you're going to be consuming fewer calories. If you drink orange juice, let's say seven days a week, and you do that, seven times savings of 50 calories is 350 calories. I mean, that's a significant amount of calories that you could save every single week. 350 calories times four is what? 1,400 calories a month. Um, times a year, that's uh, 1,500, 16,000 calories, 15,000 calories, 16,000 calories. That's significant. Um, you know, so little things like that will make a big difference. So, you know, when you make your juice, your orange juice, your you know, cranberry juice cocktail, whatever, apple juice, whatever, a lot of those juices are overly sweet anyway. And here's another thing that's going to indirectly benefit you, right? Prices are inflated right now, especially things like orange juice, etc. So you're going to also save some money. And so if you replace um, the orange juice that you drink with one-third water, one-fourth water, you're going to be more protecting yourself from diabetes and excess sugar. You're going to lower your calorie content. Um, you're going to be consuming more water. And you're going to be saving money, too. So it's it's a win all the way around. Just by adding a little bit of water, subtracting out a little bit of whatever it is sweet that you're taking in. Um, and then if you add in an extra glass of water or cup of water or bottle of water once or twice throughout the day, you're going to elim eliminate more calories, too. So those are some easy things that you can do. Um but make sure that you take in um, as much water as you can, um, not too much water, but as much as you can, and, you, and that you develop a good water ritual. And like I said, my, my book, The Nutrient Diet, starts off with water for a reason. And the reason why is because it's probably the most important thing that you take in. It truly is. The other thing, too, is um, you know, water is going to help flush out your system. And so during the holiday season, you're going to be eating more sugars, more uh, sweet things, more cookies, more pies, brownies, cakes, desserts, etc. And you're probably going to be drinking more alcohol and more sweet beverages too. And so water is a good way to keep your system flushed out. Uh, and it's going to help you in terms of getting rid of those impurities and all those things that are building up in your system that aren't good for you. So that's the number one thing that you should do in terms of watching your calories and kind of, uh, you know, making sure proactively and preventatively that you don't take in too many excess calories during the holidays. And then, like I said, the other thing that's a really, really good thing to do in terms of your spending is start cutting back early. Uh, and some people even start um, an account. So they'll create a, a Christmas account that they put in, put money into throughout the money throughout the year, and then they draw for from it during the holidays, and then they start building up it again, building it up again in January or February. You know, the other thing that's good about that is that teaches you and that teaches your children, if you have children, the value of money. So you can do that for your kid. If your kid enjoys or wants to buy gifts for people, you can set up an account for your kid so they can. Uh, put so much money 
into that account every month, every few weeks, how often the frequency that they want. And then they have a, a sense uh, and an understanding. They start to develop an understanding of the value of money and the value of saving and things like that. And they understand that it just doesn't just come out of nowhere unless you give it to them. They'll start to understand that, hey, whatever money you spend is built up over time through some uh, decisive and constructive activity. For you know, working adults, it's working every day uh, and every week and every month. And that's how you build up and, and have money to spend. Um, uh, you know, some people also use credit cards. Um, and, you know, that's a whole different discussion. I'll just say this about credit cards. Um, it's a lot easier to get into debt than it is to get out of it. That's one thing. There are people who use credit cards and then, you know, they pay them off every month and they just use it to collect points. And if you're disciplined enough to do that, you know, sometimes you can get five times, ten times the points or whatever and, you know, use your credit cards and then pay them off every single month. If that works for you, then that works for you. But, you know, more often than not, because it's so easy to just charge something, most people buy into the system where they can just charge it now and pay later. And then it just, it gets so easy to feed that neural network um, that they just continue. And then next thing you know, they're overwhelmed in debt and they're paying off, they're paying a lot of money in interest. Um, so you just want to be really, really careful about that. The other thing that I'll say about um, the holidays and things that you can do in terms of habits and rituals now is don't wait to plan out your New Year's resolutions and plans and activities and changes and all those things now. You don't have to start them now, but plan them out now. So if your goal is to exercise more in 2023 or to you know, go to the gym or start walking or change your eating habits or change your water drinking habits or change your amount of socializing or your amount of this, your amount of that. Start planning it out right now. Plan it out in your journal. Uh, plan it out in your schedule. Plan it out, uh, you know, write a plan for it. Um, you might have seen um, some of my posts on Facebook where I talk about things like the GPSA system that I use with my clients to help keep them um, activated in terms of acting on the things that they want, acting on their goals, creating plans, strategies, and actions based on their goals, um, their desires, and the things that they want to achieve. Um, and also in my book, Tomato Fish for the Brain, there's a chapter on a system that I created to help people be more decisive and to help prevent procrastination and indecision. It's called the ROS system. But whatever it is that your goal is for January of 2023, start designing it and constructing it and creating it now. That is going to start some programs in your subconscious mind where your subconscious mind is going to start thinking and interrupting patterns in terms of what you do on a regular basis. And you're going to start thinking, well, you know what? If I eat all this now, and if I eat this often now, and I do this, and I do that, and I just kind of have no impulse control, then I'm going to have to work a lot harder in January and February and March to get this weight off. You're going to start thinking about those things. So you want to proactively plant those seeds now. What do I want out of 2023? 
How do I want 2023 to start off? What do I want to achieve the first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days of 2023? What kind of foundation do I want to lay for my growth, development, success, achievement, prosperity, and abundance for 2023? Start planning that now. Start planting those seeds now. Start planning how you're going to do it. Start it now. Um, and that way, your subconscious, unconscious, other than conscious, and the conscious parts of yourself will all start working together so that it's easier for you to exercise some impulse control and to create some new habits and rituals either during this holiday season or at the beginning of 2023. So with that, I'm going to conclude uh, this episode, this um, this podcast episode. I hope that some of the things that I've shared with you help you. Um, you know, one of the chief concepts that you'll, or you've hopefully have experienced and seen by now is this, whatever you want to achieve, you need to start planning and be proactive about it. Whether it's education, whether it's calories and, and eating behaviors, whether it's spending money, whether it's retirement, whether it's improvement, whether it's growth, whether it's a car purchase or a home purchase or whatever, start planning ahead. Uh, and start planning ahead 30 days ahead, 60 days ahead, 90 days ahead, a year ahead, three years ahead, five years ahead. And that's why people have a one-year plan and a three-year plan and a five-year plan and things like that. And all the things that you plan probably won't work out exactly the way that you planned them. But by planting those seeds earlier, you're going to be a lot better off in terms of the results and outcomes you get than if you had not planned at all. So you've got to start creating your goals right now and then start planning, strategizing, and then acting based upon those goals so that you're going to have more abundance, prosperity, success, happiness, growth, uh, and improvement in the future. Thanks so much. I appreciate you checking in. Definitely subscribe to the podcast, rate it, hopefully five stars if that's how you feel, and share it with others. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Take care. Bye-bye.